Today on episode number 509 of the School of Podcasting, we've got a podcast rewind. And I know there are times that I probably come across like the grumpy old man of podcasting going, get off my lawn, because you have to do it only a certain way. That Today, I'm going to tell you about something that I actually changed my mind on. And I'm going to tell you about a $200 mistake that you're probably making too. Hit it, ladies. The School of Podcasting. Podcasting since 2005, I am your professional podcast mentor, Dave Jackson, thanking you so much for tuning in. If you're new to the show, we talk about all things podcasting. I help you massage your message. I help you tackle that technology. I help you flatten the learning curve and face your fears and get you on the road to successful podcasting. Our website is schoolofpodcasting.com. Use the coupon code LISTENER when you sign up on June 1st. That's right. That's when the doors open up again. So if you've been thinking about starting a podcast, and I've got a new thing I'm going to do here. If you're like, oh, I really wanted to do something now, I will put a link out to everything we talk about today at schoolofpodcasting.com slash 509. And I will put a link to my course on Udemy about planning your podcast. So you could go through that. When the doors open in June, all you have to do is forward me your receipt for the Udemy class, and I will take that. I will basically refund your that dollar amount off your uh, registration fee. So it gives you something to do now while you're waiting for the doors to open. So I want to thank you so much for tuning in. I've had a fun weekend. I will talk a little bit about that. But uh, right now, actually, before we get to that, I want to talk about last week's show. And I want to say thanks to Derek Daniel. He uh, gave us some feedback about last week's show. He said, hey, Dave, uh, I checked out your your last podcast that was at schoolofpodcasting.com slash 508, where you spoke about video podcasting. And I think the way you explain it makes perfect sense. I was actually looking for a way to upload videos faster to YouTube and found a specific way to do it where you compress the file. There's free software called Handbrake. And again, I have links to this out at schoolofpodcasting.com slash 509 that people suggest. He says, I think it's been used in the past to rip DVDs illegally, but that's not what I'm using it for. Basically, once you create the HD file, which is usually about a gigabyte for videos I've made that are about five to seven minutes at 1080, um, he says, and then use Handbrake to compress the file. I can usually get it down to around 100 to 150 megabytes. Yes, megabytes. And less if the file is smaller. I was wondering if you thought this was a good option. You can have HD on all platforms if you don't seem to lose quality and especially a simple blog type videos. Uh, yeah, I guess if you can get them down and they don't lose the quality by all means, give it a uh, shot. Now, for me, unless you're really in a hurry to upload whatever file I want to YouTube, because again, I'm not paying for the bandwidth. So as long as Google is free and they're going to let me upload whatever I want, uh, I will do that by all means. But yeah, if you've never heard of Handbrake and you're looking for a way to kind of compress files and it does a whole bunch of stuff, it's actually a really cool tool and it's free. Uh, check it out. And uh, Derek, thank you so much. And uh, Derek, if you're listening, and apparently you are, be sure to email me back and let me know what your website is. In fact, here's here's a quick tip right now. I'm, I'm calling an audible. If you want to promote your podcast for free, here's how you do it. 
in your signature, put a link to your website so that if you send somebody an email, they can promote you because, well, they know what your website is. Derek, thank you so much for uh, that comment. And uh, if you've been thinking about getting into video podcasting, I tell you how to do it on the cheap at uh, schoolofpodcasting.com slash 508. Someone contacted me this week, and they were on SoundCloud. And if you're not a regular listener of the show, I'm not a huge fan of SoundCloud. They've lost over $60 million the last two years. Their technology is uh, kaka-poo-poo, and um, their really cool player that would play on everything doesn't do that anymore. So they, uh, But the, the key here was this person didn't have a website. So they're using SoundCloud. Biggest reason, they said, was for the money. They didn't have a website, and yet they wanted to end up making a living from their podcast. And they're, and I'm like, well, great. What's your podcast about? They were talking about movies and video games with their friends. Now, not to say that it's impossible to do this, but without hearing your show, which I haven't, I would say it's highly unlikely and I was really surprised that he had no website. And his answer was, well, you can find me in iTunes or just on Stitcher or SoundCloud or whatever. And the one thing I want to point out here, as I'm now working more and more with iTunes than I ever have in the past, I'm not a huge fan of the software. The iTunes search is not very good at times. There are times when I've typed in the actual name of somebody's show and it will not come up. So if you say to somebody, yeah, just search for me in iTunes, it may not work. It's much easier to tell them how to get to your show. Like for me, if you go to schoolpodcasting.com slash iTunes, that'll take you to kind of the web-based version. You can click on the button for show at iTunes and you're right there and you can subscribe. So just saying, go find my show, I really think that is a bad strategy. And so you might be thinking, well, why do I need a website? And we've had this discussion a little bit before. And yeah, I do fall on the side of, yeah, if, if your goal here again is to eventually someday make a living or at least make some sort of revenue from your podcast, I think you need a website. So here's why. Number one, if you're going to force people, like I just said, to search for items, even WordPress search is pretty awful. But if you're having them search for items that are going to bring you revenue, you need to make those clicks, the clicks that you want them to make. You need to make them easy peasy, not find it here and hopefully do that and maybe kind of right click, do the hokey pokey, turn yourself around and then no, it's got to be easy peasy. How do you do that? By having a website where you can control it. The second one is if you want to grow your email list. Now, everybody says the money's in the list. You know why they say that? Because the money's in the list, apparently. Why? What does an email list have? Really easy clicks. When somebody is reading your email, they are one click away from buying something or clicking on something that can help you generate revenue if that's what you're looking for. And with an, any kind of email provider, they usually have a form where you put your name, and your email address. No website, no form. 
no email address, much less chance of, again, earning money. So easy clicks and better chances of growing your email list. Number three, your reputation. Now, it's $10 a month, roughly. If you go to schoolofpodcasting.com slash hosting and you go with the cheapest plan, it's around nine bucks. Now, it's less than that if you buy like three months, six months, a year at a time. It gets really, really cheap, but it's more money up front. So $9 a month. Now, if you drink five 20-ounce bottles of Mountain Dew a month, a month, you have to spend $10 basically on pop or soda or whatever you call it where you live. If you switch to water, which the last time I checked is still free. Now, I know you can go to the store and buy it in a plastic bottle, but trust me, you can get this stuff usually right out of your faucet for free. And you would have that $10 a month for your host. And so when I say reputation, what I mean by this is, would you buy a car from someone that was selling it out of a tent and it looked like they were basically going to bolt the minute they got your money? Somebody who was definitely going to be temporary. And so you want to look like you're serious about this. And think about this. You don't date someone when you find out they're going to leave in two weeks. You don't want to invest the time. You don't want to invest the effort because it's just not going to work. They're not going to be here. And if I see a podcast and I think, Ugh, I'm like, I don't want to invest my time getting to know the host. It, it's just not a great first impression. I guess that's a way to do that. You get the point. So your reputation, your first impression, not a great one. And if we want to do, there's a sales tactic called reduce to the ridiculousness. If you don't have $10 a month, that is three cents a day, three cents a day, not even a nickel here in the U.S., three cents. Now, if you don't have three cents a day, then please don't start a podcast expecting it to pay your mortgage. Seriously. I mean, in the immortal words of Mick Jagger, and have you ever noticed how Jagger doesn't pronounce most of the, the continents at the end of a word? Like, he would say Jagger is Jagger. <laughs> and, but in the immortal words of Mick Jagger, you can't always get what you want. And I know you want to start a podcast. And by all means, start a podcast. Have fun with your friends. It'll be a great little hobby. But when you say, I want to spend no money... And, and have it pay my mortgage, that's kind of, you know, I'm going to take a, a little tangent here because I, I have this here in my notes. Can you please enlighten me of anyone who's put out no money and generated a business that provided enough income to live on? I mean, even a lottery player has to buy a ticket. And the chances of you spending no money and generating a podcast that will generate enough income to live on is about the same odds as winning the lottery. Number three, again, reputation. Number four, easy listeners in terms of subscriptions. The thing you really want people to do to your podcast is subscribe. I want you, that's why I say schoolofpodcasting.com slash iTunes. Click on that, go to iTunes and subscribe. You'll never miss another episode. And again, how do I do that? I have to have either a button on my website for you to click on to do that, or I've got to have some sort of easy link. 
And so when you have a website, you can put a link on it to your iTunes listing. You can make it easy for people to subscribe in iTunes and Stitcher, whatever directory. But without a website, you're back to saying, find my show in. And that is just not a great strategy. So number four, easier listener subscriptions. And the last one here, easy contact. The one thing that I always hear podcasters say is I'm not getting much interaction with my audience. And that's with podcasters who have a website with a page that says contact. So can you imagine how much interaction you're going to get if you don't have a website with a page that says contact? That one page on your website, that's the one that's going to get a lot of traffic. And when you don't have that, you're hoping that somebody remembers your email address because that's the only way you you can't say go to the website because you don't have one. So I've always been about, no, just put out the money and get a website. Now, I always say I'm always open to hearing the other side of the story. And I've always kind of was like, "Eh," when somebody says, oh, I'm using this free website from GoDaddy or whatever it is, I'm like, "Mm -hmm." because again, going back to that reputation, that first impression, I'm like, "Ah, I don't know about that. So when I had a client of mine tell me that they were using a Tumblr as their website, now they were using Libsyn as their media host, but they were using Tumblr as their website. And I thought, really? And then I looked at their website. Now, here's their website. Their podcast is called Not Old Better. That's the name of their show. Their website is notold-better.com. And if you look at that, yeah, that's a free Tumblr website. Now, to be honest, he had his graphics designed by the person that I recommend. So they have great graphics. And the graphics on the website match the graphics of their podcast. But... You can have an about page. You can have a contact page. You can't do all the stuff that you could with your own like WordPress site, which is what I typically recommend. But I was like, oh, this is a free website. And I was, again, with the right graphics, I said, okay, I could see if somebody said, look, I really don't have the 10 bucks for a website, or I'd really not put out money for a website until we kind of do a couple episodes. Okay, so if you have two to three hours to learn how to adjust your Tumblr site, they have a bunch of themes, just like WordPress, and you can kind of go from there. Now, keep in mind, you're not going to have all the flexibility of a WordPress site. So when I go to school at podcasting.com slash iTunes, you're not going to be able to do that. You might be able to, I would have to check, but I know you can't, there's no redirect plugin that I know of for Tumblr. But you will be saving that $9 a month. You can even put Google Analytics code into your Tumblr site and get stats on it. So if someone is really pushed for a budget and they really just want a basic website, they don't need all the redirecting. They just need a place where they can put up some buttons, a contact page, an about page, things of that nature. Or they just want to touch. They touch. They just want to test the waters of podcasting. And I would say, all right, well, if you don't have money for a website, check out a Tumblr site. And Tumblr, of course, because E's are evil, is T-U-M-B-L-R.com. This is actually a company that's owned by Google. And so I believe, right? No, Tumblr is owned by Yahoo. 
Blogger is owned by Google. I get those confused a little bit. Now, there is a time-saving tip. If you decide you're going to use Tumblr as your website, now there's no way to make an iTunes-compliant feed using Tumblr. So what you could use is Libsyn as your media host, and of course, use the coupon code SOPFREE to get a free month at Libsyn, and Libsyn will automatically publish your content to Tumblr. So you can actually type in your show notes in Libsyn, click a button, and have it go to Tumblr automatically. So that's pretty cool. Uh, I'm going to tack this on here. Also in podcasting news, Blueberry, which is another media host, they just came out with a player that is embeddable. Now, this isn't quite as automatic as the Libsyn way, but you could put a Blueberry player on a Tumblr site as well. So that is something that... Again, I've always said when I say things like, hey, new and noteworthy, I don't think it's really that big a deal anymore. I haven't seen anybody get huge numbers or have those numbers stay. And I've said this for a while. If you're in new and noteworthy right now, give me your stats beforehand. Give me your stats during the magical unicorn time of of the eight weeks in new and noteworthy. And then let me know what your stats were afterwards. Now, if you don't want me to talk about your stats specifically, that's fine, but I would still like to know because I'm, I'm, I just don't think it's that big of a bump anymore. I don't think it's the bump that it used to be. And so here I was saying, ah, there's no such thing as a good free website. Well, now I say, mm, you know what? Um, if you're really, really, really push for, for change and you really don't, it doesn't have to be a super duper website. Tumblr is actually pretty good looking. I was amazed. And so I'm always open to the other side of the argument. So check it out if you're in a pinch for uh, that. T-L-T-U-M-B-L-R dot com. I have a podcast about the fitness guru Jillian Michaels. Not because I'm a super fan. Now, I am a fan. I love her attitude about hard work and dedication. But I started the Jillian Michaels show because at the time she had quit doing a radio show and everybody was looking for the Jillian Michaels podcast, which had abruptly ended. And so I created one and got a pretty big audience. And what's cool about that is when Jillian launched her audiobook on Audible, and I told that audience that you could get it for free. Uh, I had a nice four-figure affiliate check for that. That was pretty cool. And the beauty of Jillian Michaels is she puts her name on everything. And most of that is available through Amazon. So I make a, a an okay amount of affiliate sales with the Jillian Michaels podcast. Now, recently, I haven't done much with it. I was kind of done with it. And I just let it go. And I made a mistake I always say keep things simple on your website. Remove any plugins, remove any themes that you're not using. Only use the things you want. And if you're not using a theme, if you're not using a plugin, get rid of it. And when I first started using the Jillian Michaels website, when I started doing that, I used a theme called Thesis. And it was really, really cool. And for if you go back to the archives of the early shows of the School of Podcasting, I was all about the thesis theme because you didn't have to learn a bit of code and it was super customizable. It was awesome. And then they came out with Thesis 2. And guess what? You had to learn a whole bunch of code. It was not awesome anymore and it wasn't very user friendly. And I dumped it, except I did not remove the thesis theme from my 
Jillian Michaels' website. And in case you're wondering right now, I recommend Appendipity Themes. It runs on the Genesis framework. And again, schoolofpodcasting.com slash 509. I'll have links to all that. But because the thesis theme was outdated, my website got infected with this thing called malware, which means if somebody goes there, I'm not really sure exactly. I just know malware is something you don't want on your machine. It's not kind of a virus. It's kind of more of a spying kind of thing. So it's not something you want. I got blacklisted by Google. So I went to my hosting company, who uh, is HostGator in this case, and I see in the past, in 2013, I had malware on this website again, previously, and they cleaned it for me. Well, it turns out they don't do that anymore, which was disappointing. But what they do is they uh, point you towards, I think it's SiteLock or something like that through, I'm sure, an affiliate link that they have. Well, I looked at SiteLock and I looked at security.net and here's the bad news. I did a, a fair amount of Google searching and I can't find a company anywhere that would come in and just clean my website and go, there you go. The malware's gone. They all want you to buy a subscription and you have to buy a year in advance. So if there's somebody out there, I couldn't find it. Now, there are plugins that you can have that will scan for malware and clean it up if you're able to get to your website. For me to get to the website, I would have basically had to go to a website that knowingly had malware and potentially infect my computer. So, I mean, those plugins are great if you have access to your website. So I ended up going with Securi. And um, again, it's 200 bucks a year. Now, I will say it's a great system and they really keep you updated. You can see when the last time they scanned your site, they have all sorts of stuff. They can even, they have kind of a, uh, a firewall type of system that I've yet to go through that will really, truly make it absolutely safe. Because they say once you've had malware, it's a much greater chance that you're going to get it again. Hence, I had it in 2013. And I had it again. Now, the biggest reason I got infected this time is because I didn't take a theme off my website that I wasn't using. Now, there is a, a great free plugin. It's called WordFence. That is something I have on many of my websites, not on this one, of course, but that also helps block uh, different things like that. So just the, the bottom line on this is any theme, any plugin that you're not using, if you've deactivated it and it's just sitting there doing nothing, delete it and get rid of it because it can cost you 200 bucks to get rid of that. In the podcasting news world, here's the cool thing. The more big names that get into podcasting, the more their audience is going to come here and the better chance that some of their audience might kind of dribble on over to us and, um, you know, start checking out our stuff. So one player is the New York Times. The New York Times has launched a podcast team and they launched a podcast called Modern Love that is getting 300,000 downloads a week. Now, that's interesting. And this is one of the things where I think the days, I don't know. 
I'm not, this is an opinion, and I guess I'm asking you, I'm not sure the days of three guys, one brain show is going to really, unless that's, again, they're just doing it for fun and they, they crack each other up. But I think those shows are really, I think the bottom of the barrel is going to be deeper. I guess that's a way of looking at it. I think we're going to see a wider range of talent. I think we're going to have really, really highly produced shows that are laser focused. And then we're going to have kind of good shows. We're going to have this show and that show. And then at the bottom, you're going to have three guys, one brain. And here's another person, Jeffrey Glazer. He has uh, quite the TV resume. He's um, kind of overseen TV shows such as Glee, Empire, Arrested Development. I love Arrested Development. Modern Family, New Girl, and American Horror Story. And um, he was basically, again, oversaw those. And he guided more than 25 shows to syndication. He's been named president of content at a podcast network, brand new one called Wondery at Wondery.com. I went there. There's nothing there yet. But he spent 19 years at 20th Century Fox Television, uh, where he oversaw many hits and guided them again to more than 25 shows into syndication. So Jeffrey Glazer is now into podcasting. And the last one that I want to bring up, and I'm going to do this live with you, and uh, it's going to be interesting because you, I'm assuming you heard or have heard of Tony Robbins. And he's oddly enough named a podcast called the Tony Robbins podcast. And you can do that when you're Tony Robbins. Uh, for the record, for anyone who's all about, hey, don't use the lips and feed because they'll control it and it's evil and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, Tony Robbins uses the lips and feed. Why? Because we don't control your feed. You can unsubscribe from us anytime you want without even contacting us. So just for the record, if it's good enough for Tony Robbins, yeah, I'm thinking it's okay. So what I want to do here is, let's see, he's got um, a few episodes out, and let's go to his very first one called The Secret of Getting Ahead, and uh, let's listen to this. I have not heard this. I want to do this live with you. So here we go, and... Hey, this is Tony Robbins. Listen, thanks for joining me for this podcast. My entire passion in life is helping people to create an extraordinary quality of life. That means life on your terms. Anybody else find his voice? Like, what happened? The guy's done one too many seminars or something. That's my first impression is like, wow, this is Tony Robbins. Just, I'm just saying. And one of my obsessions for the last 38 years has been business. And the reason is because most of us spend more time in our work and our business than we do with our children even, than we do with a spouse, a boyfriend, a girlfriend, or those that we love. A business becomes an extension of a person's identity. And so I found that if you can help someone transform their business, to a great extent, you transform their life because it's the place that causes them to grow and expand and to find a way to add value. And my passion for business is really simple. I love seeing people take control of their own lives and create the life that they deserve by finding a way to do more for other people than anyone else does. So this podcast has one purpose, to truly help you create business breakthroughs, the psychological insights that can get you to go to the next level. Anything that's usually... Somehow I knew he was going to say the next level. I just, I'm just saying, I knew that was coming up. 
a chokehold on the growth of your business, 80% of that is the psychology of the owner, and 20% are the mechanics or the strategies. And I'm a strategist, and this podcast will have both. I'm going to share with you some of the best insights and strategies that I'm aware of in the field. But if you're going to really make progress, it's going to take more than just information or listening to podcasts. It's going to require some real change. And everybody wants things to be better, but nobody wants the change. If you really want to take control, if you want to make real progress, then let's begin the journey with this business podcast now. All right, Tony, let's do it. I'm ready to take it to the next level. Poor Cliff. Cliff is kind of a, a, a an indie version of Tony Robbins, Cliff Ravenscraft, friend of mine. And now he's got to compete with um, Tony Robbins. Here's what he did. I don't know if you noticed that. When he started off the show and is like, hey, some of us spend more time with our business than we do with our kids. He's He said that because he wants the audience that's listening to that, that is his audience to go, Hey, that's me. And then he said, well, blah, and you want to do this and you want to impact the world and you want to change. Blah, and, and that's me. And that's me. And here I'm going to tell you how you can do that. So it's a really interesting intro that he does that. But just so you know, Tony Robbins and his, you know, and actually his voice isn't as bad as I thought. First impression. I don't know. I guess I expect it to be more bassy and boomy because I have Tony Robbins uh, audiobooks from many moons ago. But I will be listening to that because he, again, if you can make me think without blowing too much smoke up my butt, I'm okay with it. So Tony Robbins is now in the podcasting game. And when he brings over his humongous audience, hopefully some of those people uh, will listen to us as well. In case you missed it. It's time for a podcast rewind. All right, as always, I am a uh, official co-host of the Podcasters Roundtable. It's my buddy Ray Ortega. He does the uh, Podcasters Studio. He, he basically holds a roundtable. It's not so much a how-to podcast as it is about talking about things around the podcasting industry. And uh, he grabs myself and Daniel J. Lewis from the Audacity to Podcast. We call it the Podcasters Roundtable. We always try to bring new people on. And you can find this at podcastersroundtable.com. And we were talking a little show prep. I always feel like the, the School of Podcasting feels like it has a decent amount of prep. Now, I don't know in the beginning if you started out uh, just sort of riffing, but it always felt like it's had a decent amount of prep going into it. Yeah, I try to have an idea of what I'm going to talk about. Uh, in the early days, it was just answering questions from from people. Uh, so I always try to, you know, it's by Wednesday, I have a pretty good idea of what I'm going to talk about on Saturday. And it's just a matter from that time using things like Feedly or, you know, because I, I subscribe to a ton of blogs, but I'm getting all this information in and it's a matter of, okay, now what is the best out of all that stuff I just, you know, digested? What do I want to share with my audience? Yeah, there you go. And again, links to this out at uh, in our show notes, schoolofpodcasting.com slash 509. Or if you're listening on your phone, just push on the artwork and you'll see the show notes come up. The other one I was on and I was really, not that I'm not pumped to be on the Podcasters Roundtable because actually that's one of my favorite things to do, but I love this podcast. It's called The Podcast Producers. And if you've never listened to this podcast, definitely go to thepodcastproducers.com check out season one. I was not involved with season one, but what they did is they covered a lot of kind of like getting started questions and they cover them really, really deep. It's really cool. And, um, 
it's uh it's a it's a really and I got to help kick off season two and they were talking to me and uh, this question came up. I was actually curious, Dave, if you had any comedy training because you have very good timing in your show and it's not easy to especially with a show where I mean, I know that you interview people sometimes, but you also have a lot of, you know, solo shows and you have excellent timing and they're very funny. Oh, magic, man. Uh, I'll take the, uh, uh, I want the, I want the door. No, the box. No, the door. No, no the box. No, the, oh, man. Uh, all right, Monty. I got it. I got it. I got it. I'm sticking with the box, Monty. Okay. Let's see what's behind door number one. Oh, it's your self-esteem and the ability to look at yourself in the mirror. Oh, I bet you're so sorry, you bass. <laughs> My mom. That's it. My mom was hilarious and was very sarcastic. She was uh, the queen of puns, and they were awful and bad, but yet we still would laugh at them. And so growing up, uh, both my mom and I, just we, we just loved to laugh. And so we were always trying to crack each other up. And so that was just that. And just um, growing up, I wasn't, I wasn't a burnout. I wasn't a jock. And I definitely wasn't a, a nerd. I wasn't smart enough to be a nerd. So I didn't really kind of fit in, but I had, I was friends with all those people. And so I had to find some way to kind of fit in. So humor was always something that I just played on to. If I could make them laugh, then they're like, hey, that guy's pretty cool. Let him in. He's funny. So I think that's probably where it came from. And that doesn't mean I occasionally didn't get hit in the arm. <laughs> but the other thing I'm going to add to this, and today it's going to be a little bit of a shorter show. Uh, because instead of doing my normal prep on Saturday, since we're talking about show prep with the podcasters roundtable, I lost my Saturday because, well, I lost my aunt. Now, this was not a huge surprise. Uh, she was in hospice care. And uh, it's the way you want to die. A, surrounded by your children and family. And B, high on morphine. Yeah, so she died earlier in the week and her service was on Saturday. And I now know why, if you think I'm funny, it's not just my mom, my family. We're all kind of um, smart Alex. We all have puns. We're always kind of poking each other and, and going for the joke. And um, it was really interesting to be at this service. Like my aunt, I didn't know this, when she was little, like five, seven years old, she got kicked out of ballet class because she was a clown. They just said, yes, please don't bring your child back which is hilarious. And it was just, it was weird to be crying and laughing at the same time. And that's just something that my family does. So that's another reason I think why I'm funny is because why I'm around funny people all the time. And uh, the hosts of that show, one is Jessica Rhodes. Now she does interviewconnections.com. So if you're looking for guests, she can actually go out and find that. This is a paid service but she can actually go out and find people for your show. And she's got great connections to all sorts of people. She also does a show called Roads to Success. Now her last name is R-H-O-D-E-S. So if you go to roadstosuccesspodcast.com, uh, you can actually hear her show. And then Corey is from Podfly. You can find Podfly at podfly.net. And this is one of the original services that will do everything for your podcast. So if you want show notes and recording and editing and all that other stuff, uh, you can find them at podfly.net. But that's two places uh, where I was at. And um, as we get ready to wrap things up, 
And like I say, today's going to be a shorter show. Why? Well, because I didn't have as much time to prep. And the one thing I've always told you, I've promised you, is if I don't have any content, I'm not going to go, well, we got another 20 minutes till we hit the 40 minute mark. I don't have 40 minutes worth of material today, so I'm not going to do 40 minutes. And so I do want to thank Chris Nessie over at chrisnessie.com. That is C-H-R-I-S-N-E-S-I. He says, uh, he, he wrote a review for me in iTunes, and I deeply appreciate that. He says, I was turned on to the SOP by Daniel J. Luce, Cliff Ravenscraft, and Ray Ortega, hence the podcaster's roundtable. So I always say, get to know your, quote, competition, if you could put that in air quotes for me. Always a good idea. He says, Dave's content is solidly produced from a technical point of view. Great audio as one would expect from a podcast about podcasting. The flow of the show is superior and feels like radio, but no commercials. <laughs> as I've made my, made my way back through the back catalog, I told you guys, I told you, when people find their show and they like it, they will go back through your back catalog. He says, I'm picking up some inf- some much information as I look to take my own podcast, House of EdTech, really cool way, by the way, promoting your own show, to a higher level. So, Chris, thank you so much for the kind review in um, in iTunes. I do deeply appreciate that. And uh, I know Chris is a subscriber, so I appreciate that. And again, if you want to leave a review or subscribe to the show, just go to schoolofpodcasting.com slash iTunes. And this came to me via my podcast reviews. This is a service that not only shows you reviews from your home country. Now, in my case, that's the United States, but all the other countries as well. And it automatically emails them to you. Plus, Stitcher is another whole platform that you get reviews from. Now, if you're interested in this, I do have an affiliate link. Go to schoolofpodcasting.com slash MPR for my podcast reviews. And I want to thank you for tuning in this week. And I want to remind you again, if you go out to schoolofpodcasting.com slash start, that's basically our launch page. Now, like I say, the School of Podcasting, we just had our last kind of class start. And uh, so we're going through those new people right now. Doors are going to open back up June 1st. But if you go there right now, you'll see the link for the Udemy class on planning your podcast. And uh, once the doors open, if you say, hey, I took your Udemy class, let me know and I will give you a refund for that. So still available for one-on-one consulting. So if you're interested in that, go to schoolofpodcasting.com slash schedule and uh, pick a time and uh, we will basically go through whatever hurdles you are having, knock them out and get you on the road to successful podcasting. So thank you so much for tuning in. We will see you next week with another fun-filled episode of the School of Podcasting. And uh, until next week, class is dismissed. That's not the right button. Yeah, it's not. How about that one? There we go. And I did that so good. Up, you know. uh, So, and uh, search when you, so, uh, so, um, uh, or depending on how you look at it, no told dash better. That's one of those weird, when you look at it, it looks at a couple different things. Um, um, uh, uh. Uh, uh, you know, in case you missed, and that was way too loud. But when, um,
So, um, uh, um, 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 that is where, and fitness is one of those areas that people will put out money for. People will finally go, yeah, even Bernie will put out money for it. Really? Seriously, buddy? I'm talking Jillian Michaels here. My co-host, Bernie the Cat. Thank you. And um, I know I'm busy right now. You have food, you have water. What's your problem? I'm sorry. Come here. Can I help you, friend? All right. Now, shut up.